Have you ever been sitting in a three-hour lecture wondering if this is worth it or if you're ever going to use this in the real world? Will that student group ever help me get a job? Is working part-time during a school going to help me? Is my idea really good enough to become a successful startup? I'm Ken, alongside my partner Alex, and the people we have on the show have asked themselves the very same questions. We're going to be chatting with these individuals to ultimately answer the question, how did you get here? A podcast focused on giving you, yes you, advice, insights from successful graduates, entrepreneurs, and aspiring leaders. So whether you're commuting that three-hour lecture right now, or you just woke up, good morning, good afternoon, buckle up, get ready for an adventure, and welcome to How How Did Did You Get Get Here Podcast. Everybody, my name is Alex. This is Ken, and we'd like to welcome you to How Did You Get Here podcast. Tonight's guest is Alex Mihas. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Yourself? Thank you for being here. Um, and we'll we'll start it right off. Give us a, a one to two minute pitch of who you are. All right. So my name is Alex Mihas. I'm a sales rep for a DMZ alumni startup by the name of Live Gauge. I'm also an alumni from Ryerson University, specifically the Ted Rogers School of Management. I've been in sales for three years, and I was kindly asked by these two gentlemen here to come here and give my thoughts on my university experience, my work experience, and overall life. There we go. Yeah. Damn straight. Well put. Damn straight. All right. So we're going to start off. uh, Take us back to when you were a kid. Just run us through little Alex, what you were like uh, <laughs> when, you're, when you're younger. It's funny. This feels like a job interview I've done before. I've had these exact we'll, questions. We'll try to so make that's it. A good, it's not a bad thing. It's <laughs> not a bad thing. It was one of my better, <clears throat> my more fun interviews. Oh, there you go. Let's try to make this so, fun. Yeah. <laughs> so little Alex. Okay. So I moved around a lot of schools because my parents moved around a lot. As a child, very, very extroverted. Very, very athletic when I was young. A lot more than now. A little stud. Right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think I just had maybe too much sugar and I was just running around a lot. But, uh, yeah, Lil Alex is just a very curious individual. Very out there, very extroverted. Probably a headfirst type of guy, which, to be honest, is pretty much similar to me now, too. So not much has changed in that regard. Fair enough, fair enough. And in terms of what brought you to, uh, like, Ryerson, um, what was the main reason for Toronto? Tell us where you like your hometown, maybe. Yeah. Okay. So I'm from Mississauga originally, and I was in high school there. And a lot of my friends at the time had gone to Laurier. Laurier was the school of business that everyone was touting at my high school. So naturally, at the time, a little bit more of a sheepish thinker, right? I followed the path to Laurier. It was not a good path for me. I didn't enjoy it there, and I was in, a, in an economics program, which just wasn't for me. Let and me tell you. <laughs> right? Yeah. I hear that a lot these so days. <laughs> I spent my first year just grinding the books really hard, trying to get transferred into what the business management program was there. Now, at that time, specifically the year that I was there, was the highest amount of admissions they had taken in the business management program. So it was like a 95% average in order to transfer. And I'm like, this was, to be honest, my first year at Laurier was probably the best year of schooling I ever did because I was so motivated to get into this transfer. So I had like a low 80s average at the time. That was my peak. <laughs> And then I didn't get transferred. So at the time, I was like, okay, now i got to look at other options. And Ryerson just seemed the most interesting. I remember coming here, like, just the admin process was really quick for me. So uh, when I had two or three options, I was like, okay, I'm going to come here. And it just, honestly, just being downtown was kind of the cool thing. And I also got to be closer to home since I was I commuted from Mississauga, which was important to me at the time. Yeah, yeah. 
So that was really the decision at the time, right? It, I didn't really look too much into programs or anything like that. Now, did you did you commute throughout your whole time at Ryerson? Yeah. Uh, not my whole time. Okay, so you ended up getting a place and yeah, kind yeah, of settling yeah. in I lived uh, near the annex. Oh, cool. Yeah, all right. Wow. So the annex with Ryerson, are we talking frat house or are we talking there? Frat house. Oh, boy. Maybe we'll get that a little bit later. Uh, let's talk <laughs> about that transition to Ryerson a little bit. Uh, what was it like? more or less like transitioning from going to the books? Mm-hmm. So even when I was at Laurier, right, because I didn't live on campus, or I was lucky enough to have family in the area, so I was trying to save as much money as possible because I've been paying for school throughout my whole self. So, like, you know, and it, to be honest, if I had transferred after living in residence, that just would have seemed like a big waste of time to me. So so I came here, didn't know anyone here either, knew only the few people from high school when I went to Laurier, and because I wasn't on campus, I wasn't as social. So immediately got involved here, just going to events, eventually got involved with the Commerce Society here. Uh, the fraternity, which is, even though not like necessarily a Ryerson thing, had people from Ryerson. So that was my transition. I changed my focus from being very books-focused to being very network-focused okay. right away. So, yeah, I mean, that's a that's a big question for us. We love talking about, um, like, the worth of student groups and kind of networking opportunities like that. Can you uh, tell me how you feel about kind of your student group and experience and talk about the value? Yeah, uh, mine was definitely pretty good. Like, I have no complaints with it whatsoever. It allowed me to meet certain people. So, for example, my connection to the fraternity was through a student group. So an individual that was in the uh, fraternity was also in the student group with me. And that's how I got connected there. So what I find was very good with the student group was it was a bit of a snowball effect, right? You meet one person, you meet 10 people, you know, maybe you hop around groups. I didn't, but I knew people who did. So they just expanded their network. They think about this, when you're at a commuter school, there, what else can you really do, right? other than do something like a student group or a club or initiative like that, right? It's not like you're going to, unless you're on the residences here. And even then, right, you're getting involved with your residence. You're not just cramming yourself into a room and studying. So because I was very network focused, I'm like, okay, I want to know a lot of people. I want to leverage a network. This was just the easiest way to start. And at least while in like early undergrad, probably the best. Hmm. Awesome. So we hear a lot about uh, politics surrounding student groups and how sometimes it's kind of hard to get anything done in the student groups, mm-hmm. just from people that are in student groups right now. Can you talk to anything about, do you have any problems with politics, any problems with like, conflict in student groups, anything like that? I mean, that translates into the work life as well, right? Fair. So probably one of my early employment experiences was learning the power of politics, how to quote unquote it. I was told by one of my managers, play the game. So they may exist, they may not exist in all student organizations, it's just another hurdle that you have to, you know, learn to get over. And at the end of the day, I mean, you're not going to be in the student group forever. It's not like a company. I'm. You're not going to be in a company forever anyways, right? You're going to be in a student group for a lot less time. Right. There is a lot less risk or a lot less on the line with a student group. So have some fun. Push some buttons, right? What's Why the worst that's going to happen? Hmm. Does that answer the question? Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, <laughs> yeah for sure. Oh, for right. sure. <laughs> definitely. Um, okay. Cool. Now, I, w- I want to talk about uh, your fraternity experience. Uh, I hear a lot from at least like some friends that are in frats mm-hmm. and stuff, and especially on you know how many how how they can meet a lot of people and you know in some terms just get a job based on it. Like mm-hmm. you know what I mean. So uh, tell me a bit about that. You you have it right. Uh, it's more than just I guess. I think of it like a student group too, right? A student group is pretty similar, right? I know many people who are in their student groups and leverage that their alumni for connections. Or, you know, maybe professional help that was coming to that student group. 
to you know to get a job and it's the same thing right a fraternity has its own goals people you know alumni of it just like i'm an alumni of it now i like going back to the place or talking to the guys that are there and seeing them do well you know keep the place clean make sure that good guys are coming through uh they're doing like charity initiatives every now and then too as well so that was stuff i did there and it did translate into me actually so the way i got my first job i had been actively looking for tech sales roles at the time and Sales is one of those things where it's very easy to get a job when you do have experience, very difficult to get a job when you don't have experience, right? Because it's already, even people with sales experience fail at their jobs, right? So there's already not an ROI on salespeople. So when for them to take a gamble on someone with no experience, it's very tough. But luckily, the company that I applied to at the time, and alumni of the fraternity was one of the first few people that worked at that company. So did he help me get an interview? Absolutely. The reason he helped me get an interview, I was a very prominent value-driven type of guy in the fraternity. I was doing a lot for them. So that definitely translated the right shoe in the door, plus killed my interviews, got me that job right out of school that turned out to be very lucrative for me. Mm-hmm. Cool. And where did you, like, learn your interview skills? Or is that just, like, something that's been natural for you? I mean, he uh, seems like a pretty outgoing guy. It's a bit of a mix of everything, right? I, I use the Career Center for help as well. Oh, really? Like, I'm yeah. the type of guy to leverage a lot of the tools around me, right? Many times I'll go to something and I'll be like, honestly, this could be useless to me it could be what do i lose by giving it 10 30 minutes of my day to find out right if it ends up not being helpful it's not but you know i see so many people not leverage the tools around them and that's something to be honest that's something i beat myself up for sometimes but i think i'm better at it than the average individual so it was a mix of career centers presentations student groups fraternity as well just in that environment as well right that helps you out with that yeah so i mean you really took advantage of what was what Mm -hmm. was given to you cool um what was, did you ever ask yourself, like, okay, personally, uh, when I think of university, like, obviously, like, I'm, I'm here to, for a reason, mm-hmm. and I, I, I find the worth uh, in my own way, but, you know, there are a lot of people that sit there every day, and they're like, what the hell's the point of this? Why am I yeah. here? Did you ever have a moment like that? 100%. Okay, tell me about that. Uh, I probably have that now more after I've graduated. Okay. So, the reason for that being is going through school, I didn't really know exactly what I was going to end up doing. I figured that in my last year, which almost acted, it was almost like a gap year for me. I I don't even count that as a year of schooling because I did two courses, right? Okay. Okay. But I'm in tech sales. There's nothing about my degree in marketing that directly relates to tech sales. I had one course that was sales oriented. So from a direct application point of view, no real use, right? From a marketing perspective, most marketers will tell you that a lot of the stuff taught in school is very outdated or not very useful. To be honest, in w- one of my capstone courses, like I, I use this as a, like a reference sometimes when I tell people, like just double check what you're studying, right? I was being taught how to take out a newspaper ad in a marketing 700 capstone course or Jesus. Remember, right? Which in today's world, That's right? That's obsolete. You know, That's out of here. Exactly. It's yeah. irrelevant. Damn. Now, does that mean did I find school useless? Absolutely not, right? very useful from a student group perspective the networking just learning a little bit more about the industries because i had actual professionals speaking to me uh i met my you know the guys from my fraternity through here that helped me get a job also lifelong friendships through that right i live with two of the guys that i was in the fraternity with so it all depends on what you're here for right and business isn't like being a doctor where it's like you know you study study you become a doctor it's very different so business school while maybe academically for me and my specific scenario didn't have you know a direct impact from class to work the other factors of business school definitely had an impact right 
the digital so network. That's yeah. what we're trying to answer. That's the entire point mm. of this podcast, right. essentially. Is <laughs> we're, we're, we wanted to have, like, student A, student B. Student A is the guy that gets the 4.33, as mm. high possible average as you can get, just does the books, crushes the work. And then we wanted student B, who not obviously, we're not going to say he's a he's failure or anything, mm. but he has, like, a, a good average, but super involved. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we kind of were trying to take, the, like, this, like, almost like a study, pretty much, and see, like, what's going to get you the best place you want to be? Mm. And clearly, you use network. Um, and that's what all I hear is in business world is not what you know, it's who you know. Yeah. And it was that like a quote that kind of applies to you. It's it, you kind of seem like hundred percent your path. A hundred and ten percent. To be honest, that's even the current job I'm in right now from a network. Right. Having my experience helped. Being a Ryerson alumni helped because I work for a company with a lot of Ryerson alumni. Right. But yeah, it was a networking thing. That's cool. So, yeah, I mean, let's talk about your work. Um, I mean, I know you just got out of the office and that's all okay. that. That's okay. That's fine. But um. Okay, so tell me a bit more about what LiveGage does and what, what your role is. Yeah, so my whole job there is to source new clients. LiveGage is like a crowd measurement tool. So, for example, at the Young and Dundas Square, you'll obviously see brands there often, right? And these experiential events, there's no way to measure how they're successful, right? It's not like when you run a Facebook ad where you know exactly how many people saw the ad, clicked the ad, how many people went to the website, from the website, how many people ended up in a shopping cart, right? We have that data in marketing, and we can use that to see what's successful and what's not. You don't have that for experiential. LiveGage has a sensor. It picks up people's cell phone signals. Oh, wow. Right? And then it tracks how many of those cell phone signals are within and around that event, how long they stay, and so on. So it's like a way of tracking, you know, the success of this event. Now, all this is legal, right? Yeah, it does, <laughs> right? It, I was yeah. going to say it sounds a bit All this legal. It's, I, it's I have to say this, right? Yeah. But uh, it's it's all legal because they don't know anything about you or the individual. That so it's not demographics. It's it's strictly numerical. There's ways around know. demographics, but not about you individual. There's nothing personally identifiable. Okay. Right? right. So just think of it like that. But that's what the product is. What I do there is I'm responsible for sourcing clients right from the get go. So full sales cycle. I cold call people, cold email, LinkedIn, network, set up meetings, do the meetings, close the deals, manage the account. There you go. And where did you learn these skills? <laughs> uh, work, work, lots of work. So at Touch Bistro, which was my first company that I worked for, it was a bit different. It's more segmented. So for anyone that is interested in getting to sales, usually you'll start in what's called an SDR or a BDR role, where you are simply responsible for booking meetings for the account managers. So when a company gets to a certain size, it doesn't make sense to have their salespeople do both activities. Mm-hmm. Right? So that's what I was doing there. Got promoted, became a sales rep. From there, that's where I learned to close the deal, manage the accounts. Now I do both of those all at once. Awesome. And it was the, you mentioned one course in university degree. Um, yeah. Was, was it 504? I, yeah. Persuasion? Yeah, with, um, oh, what's his name? Roy. I have uh, I have another prof right now. I'm not going to mention her name. Oh, <laughs> Just in case. Man. But, yeah, so talk to us a little bit more. So you yeah. said, like, in your undergrad, really no courses that geared you towards sales. Mm-hmm. Um, so how, how would you change that? What advice would you give second year or maybe you took in third year. Uh, yeah. what, would, what advice would you give yourself to kind of gear yourself towards being ready for either startup world or corporate world? Mm-hmm. Ooh, that's a tough one. Advice. To be honest, it's... I would. The only advice I'd give myself more is to be more... Not risk-averse, but actually to take more risks in that sense. I think I've done well with that. I just figured that out a little bit later in life rather than earlier. So... In terms of corporate world or, you know, startup world, that's all relative. It's depending what the individual wants, right? Some people love the idea of a linear path. Some people like the idea of a guaranteed paycheck, right? 
sales, especially in the startup world, is neither of those, yeah. right? But I like the idea of having my hands on and more, mm-hmm. right? I like the idea of starting up something from the beginning, being there usually at the beginning route where there's more freedom, more ability to customize things. And, and you know, I like knowing the exact results of my efforts. I'm just that, that's the way I'm wired, right? Like, it's very tough for me to do work and be like, well, why am I doing this extra thing? What is the result for it? Not right. to say that I'm greedy only for money, but like, wh- no, but why is it we're When doing you have it? a commission, it gives you worth. Yeah, it's, it's true too, right? Yeah, yeah exactly, right? So I, it's just, I'm more hands-on. Uh, that's just how it is. Some people like to be a bit more hands-off. Maybe that's what the corporate world is. I don't know, right? I, don't, I haven't been in the corporate world, so I wouldn't know exactly. But from what I'm told, everything I'm saying about the startup world can also be applied in the corporate world too, sure. right? Just differently. That's all. Um, would you say like you f- like kind of thrive on feedback? Because you kind of said there that you like to hear numbers, you like to hear your performance. Like, so do you take feedback with like open arms, or are you kind of like hundred percent? I tell everyone, even even when I'm like in the middle of a like a sales call, right after I finish the presentation, it's like honest honest feedback. Now, don't hurt you know, don't worry about hurting my feelings, right? I don't develop the product; I just sell it, right? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, I've been telling them, be like, is it me, right? You know, and at, that's probably the most important piece of advice I'd give myself earlier on. Not that I was against feedback, but now I'm a lot more open to it. Yeah, it's taking humility, like that's humility. It's, it's exactly, yeah, right. It's just it's it's the best learning experience I've had has been from feedback or from a cause and effect situation. Either I made a mistake or I did something smart, and I immediately realized, okay, well, this is why this worked. Okay, right, cool. Um, okay, I mean, this is kind of shifting up a bit, but. That's fine. It's a general kind of life question. Um, mm-hmm. How do you define success? Uh, a lot of people do it different ways. People do it with uh, paychecks, you know, numbers, or just you know what what kind of life they're living. Tell me about, I guess, your journey to that and how how you feel about success. I think it's different for everyone and different at different times. So if you told me three, four years ago, like when I was still in school, success was get a good, respectable job and earn a good, respectable living, right? Now it's more make sure you're doing that too, but while at the same time having a lot of fun, right? Like I enjoy what I do. The reason why I left my last company was I stopped enjoying it. So it's a mix. I don't like the feeling of being stuck. So as long as I don't feel stuck, like I'm doing something that I have to do because of, you know, I have to pay rent, then that's good, right? And of course, make some time, like yeah, for a, from a living perspective, I have to have fun and it's gotta you know, afford me a comfortable living, mm-hmm. but make sure you make time to try a lot of things as well. I don't wanna be 40 saying, you know, I wish I did this when I was younger. I wish I tried this when I was younger. What kind of things have you tried that you've been excited about? Yeah, so one thing actually I haven't tried enough of yet that I need to do more of is traveling, but see, I don't want to travel, for example, with the like a typical tourist. Right? I don't want to go somewhere for three days and try and cram everything in. I would like to, at one point, be able to work somewhere or live somewhere for like two months yeah. at a time. Right? Well, cool, yeah. I mean, I think I like when so many people are working remote now that I, yeah. I feel like there there will be careers out there where you can do the whole thing hundred percent remote. So you could travel while you work. Mm-hmm. And then that whole work-life balance is just, that would be awesome. That yeah, would be so much fun. exactly, right? Like, technically, I don't need to be in my office to do my work. It helps to it, be in my I'm office. I'm sure it helps. Right? I mean, yeah. yeah. For what I do. I mean, I report back to my directors. I can meet clients in person. 
But that's also a traveling perspective from it too, right? So other things I've tried, just taking up more times for like, you know, hobbies or new interests, right? Like I used to play a lot of soccer when I was younger, played competitively, always wanted to coach. I'm going, not this week, like a week later for an interview at a club near the area to coach. Oh, that's Do cool. I have the time for it? We'll see, right? But what's the worst case scenario if I go, I do it. If I end up realizing after a month I don't have the time commitment, I drop it, try it again in the future, right? So it's not so much things that I'll try because sometimes it, it could be something new that comes up. Like I used to never have any interest in martial arts. I do Muay Thai now like two, three times a week, right? But, you know, do I go there and get my ass kicked? Yeah, <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> feedback, feedback. Uh, but exactly. Well, very, yeah, important. yeah. a punch to the face is a good feedback, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, that'll, that'll send some fucking messages. <laughs> right? But that, that's one of those things, right? What else am I doing with, you know, an evening time or a weekend, right? Instead of going out drinking, I might try that. So that's more so like my thinking when it's like try new things. It doesn't have to be something you've always wanted to do. It could be, hey, that looks cool. And that, that's how I did the Muay Thai thing. I was walking by the gym and I'm like, that looks cool. <laughs> I'm going to sign up. Wow. What's the worst that's going to happen? I'm going to kill you, right? That's, yeah. that's yeah. what you say. It's not exactly, kill you. right? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the motto. Yeah. Uh, so we're hearing, we're hearing like, a lot of the things you're talking about in just the last 20 minutes of our conversation sounds very entrepreneurial. Mm-hmm. Um, just like remote working remotely, uh, impulse to try new things, stuff like that. You sound very entrepreneurial and you're outgoing, extroverted. Um, what's the future like? Are you going to keep working sales or like, what are you kind of thinking? I don't really know. Uh, I don't think I'll be forever in sales, but that's also like, it just depends on what the career trajectory is like. So for example, when I left my old company to join this one, it was a little bit of a risk, actually pretty big risk, right? Mm-hmm. Very comfortable salary comfortable earning potential in my old company and everything figured out product already validated lots of you know lots of customers easier sales cycle so when i joined this one it's like right what's the worst case scenario three months four months in it's been an absolutely terrible job on my end they let me go right then it's well do i continue to keep trying sales maybe do i pick up some other skills on the way and then try and apply those Right. I could do what they do in a lot of startups is customer success. So it's onboarding customers, how to use the tools properly. And I'm the type of guy when I download, whether it's an app or something, to learn the ins and outs of it and know every possible use of it. So that's like another area of interest for me. Right. Marketing is what I studied and marketing is always something I wanted to learn more about. Do I pivot into that role? Right. Or if work goes very well, two, three years down the line, am I managing a team of people? So that's what my current thinking is at right now. Right. Or, God forbid, I start something, right? But I wouldn't, I don't know what. I don't have anything like that in the immediate future plans. But to own or start a business or to be part of something, like I mentioned earlier, from the ground up, is definitely in the plans. So I'm not sorry. It's a dream, man. Yeah. No, definitely. Definitely, you answered the question. It's a dream. Sorry there was like a bunch of directions in that one. But that's to give you an idea as to how I think about it. Right? Yeah, divergent, very divergent, Mm -hmm. for sure. Um, Is LiveGage right now, is it still in DMZ? or No. We have our own office now. So we are, yeah, we are an alumni of the DMZ. Okay. So you're only supposed to be at the DMZ for a little while. And then after the idea is that you've done well enough that you don't need the DMZ, well, not that you don't need the DMZ anymore, but you eventually go out on your own. Just like life, right? Go. You move out of your parents' basement. Little, little parents, birdie yeah. in the egg, yeah. crack and mm-hmm. fly away. Yeah, that's cool, man. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 10 gold questions? 10 gold questions. Uh, All right. Just right, lightning uh, round? This is, it won't be lightning. <laughs> I mean, we'll not quite uh, lightning. Definitely keep the pipe down. 
Keep it on your toes. I hope this has been good. Has it been good so far? It's been good. Is it, is this, this is great, man. Very good content. Good? We like yeah. that. Right. I like the networking, leveraging networking tools. Uh-huh. For sure. That's, yeah. a, that's a good... But do, right. do well in school, in case anyone's listening. Don't 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 think. Don't do drugs. Yeah yeah yeah. yeah. Do don't. I, I'm not advocating any of that. Love your parents. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, exactly. <laughs> Stay in school. <laughs> Alrighty, we'll start with the first one. Uh, so you can just finish this. My top five values are honesty. So brutal honesty. Um, I'd say positivity. I'm a bit of an optimist, so positivity. Oh man, this nor- these are one of those questions you're supposed to have like you know the, like quick fire answer to, but I I hate giving like fluffy answers. Yeah, that's right. So honesty, positivity, um, for the, to be brave, I guess. Right. Basically, I I don't like people who are very well. You know, but what if it doesn't work? Or what if this happens? Or what if that happens? It's like yeah, a hundred percent. That you know what I mean. So. I don't know, just having a good risk tolerance, right? Don't, don't, it's, you know, you don't have to go chips all in for everything, but composure. Composure is big. And what I mean by that is when shit does hit the fan, how do you react, right? I've been on both ends. I've been on times where I've been incredibly composed, and there's been times where it's like I've lost my shit completely. Fair. Yeah. So I, feedback, right? Yeah. No. <laughs> Self feedback there. Yeah. Um, and the last one, the last one, be down for a good time. Down for a good time. That's it. Just be down for a good time. Could have said it better myself. There you go. (laughs) Um, all right. My role model is? My mother. Why is that? Hardest working person I know and anyone that dealt with my shit growing up, (laughs) good for them. (laughs) That, that's a rock of a human being right there. My pops is up there too. Shout out, Mama Miha. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you kind of mentioned already. Uh, we're gonna ask for you: optimist, pessimist, realist, and we added in something else. Okay. Oh. Okay. I would definitely say I'm a bit of an optimist and a realist. So earlier I said like, oh, okay, well, what if you know? Don't be one of those people that's like, oh, I can't do this because what if it happens or what if it goes wrong or what if I lose everything? And it's like it's important to know that. And then just gauge that, right? Like I said earlier, so when I left my job, I left a very comfortable job, great company, everything. I'm like, okay, I'm taking a risk here. I'm like, this, I could do very bad at this, right? And then it would have been a complete failure and I lost a good job and I didn't do well at the second job, right? How bad is that for me? Not to say not bad, but the worst case scenario is, okay, whatever, I lose a job. If I need another job, I can easily get another job in sales right now because I have the network for it and I have the experience. Like I said earlier, what's one of those things where if you have the experience, and this is pretty much any career, I guess, but sales specifically, once you know how to sell, you know how to sell, right? It's not like accounting where if you go to a different country, there's a whole different set of rules or something, right? So, oh, man, I, that, that's why I'd say I'm like a bit of a realist in that sense. I gauge the actual risk, but... I'm very optimistic about, well, if it does all go wrong, I'm pretty sure I'll figure it out. Yeah. The mentality you have, for sure. Uh, all right. Um, I, I mean, I think we we can tell by just, anyway. Um, <laughs> are you are you an introvert or an extrovert? A bit of both. Okay. Depends the situation. Explain on that. What what makes you uh, an, an extrovert? What situations do you find yourself that way? I call strangers for a living and ask them for money. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> <Your job. laughs> uh, yeah. That's that, fair. That's probably one way. I, 
<laughs> just naturally. I guess I've always been a little bit extroverted. But that's, I don't know, I guess because I do that for a living, I tend to be introverted at times too. You know, never reveal everything, you know, yeah. right? Never show signs of weakness. Try not to. <laughs> Take risks, be crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's add, let's answer this question. In one month, I will. Um, in one month, I, w- you know, it's funny. I normally have this pretty, like this, I actually normally have like set aside. I just haven't done like my new year's planning for a bit just ever since I started work in one month. I will actually, and this should be before one month. So because I just started this company, I haven't really closed an account yet. So within one month, I better have an account closed. Otherwise I'm worried. We will, uh, <laughs> we will message you on LinkedIn. Yeah. By, uh, yeah. 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 In March 18 first. Days. So, <laughs> eighteen days. Yeah, in eighteen days. <laughs> and we'll, we'll bug you and see if. Uh, Wait, is it eighteen days? Uh, the end of the month or thirty days from now? Because you're 16. asking me in one month. Yeah. Oh, one month. Okay. We'll okay, ask you. Yeah. Give me. Give me some March time. 12th. March twelfth. March twelfth. We'll send you message we on LinkedIn. See where you're at. <laughs> All right. In six months, I will. Six months. Damn. Now you guys are making me feel bad about myself. <laughs> <laughs> Close two in accounts. six months. <laughs> close to yeah, close two <laughs> accounts. Harsh. Let's go. It's harsh. Double my amount of closes, right? <laughs> From one to two. No, I I hope in six months that I am obviously a very highly contributing member to my current team right now. But I usually plan things like three months. Uh, I think of quarters, right? So it's usually three months at a time. So six months a little bit ahead. Within six months, what I'd like to be. So I have. This is like more i guess i guess it's a bit personal right so investment wise i have like a really a couple good investments that i've lucky i've been lucky to be on and i'd like to add one more to that portfolio i can't reveal all the details for that but that would be one thing uh one other thing so actually no in six months too this is another one i've been helping out my family business my dad's business construction a lot and it's in a very interesting stage right now so he's incorporating he's growing he's got a lot more projects coming up and I hope in six months that I can be a much more pivotal role in that. So help him secure a bit more, a couple more contracts, clean up the business a bit. Cool. So that's actually been a personal side project I've been working on for a while now. So awesome. good thing you guys reminded me. There you go. <laughs> Got to uh, give him a call today. Yeah, mark it down. <laughs> there you go. Run us through your morning routine. This is funny because I've had so many different morning routines. I've had the morning where it's like I'm up at 5 a.m. and I'm doing everything. Nowadays... I, I keep things a bit more simpler. My two things on the checklist for every morning, make your bed, eat breakfast. If I get those two things done, it's a good morning yeah. at an absolute minimum. Do you have something? No, I mean, uh, <laughs> the make your bed is huge. It's huge. Uh, not that I'm, I do it all the time, <laughs> but good for you. Good I work. mean, you have all those like I, I've seen like videos of army people being like, this yeah, is that's exactly it. where I saw it too. Yeah, and yeah, I've made it a is, thing ever since then. It's pivotal to start yeah. your day. Not that I, I, I should so you, do you it complete more. one task. Right. And then yeah. usually like if, if I do get up early, I'll, I'll try and fit things that I know are tougher to do later on in the day. So after coming home from a long day of work, obviously nobody wants to hit the gym. Right. I'm lucky. I have a condo gym. Right. So. Right, it kind of force. It makes me feel bad not to go, but let's just say, you know, I wake up early enough, I'll hit the gym in the morning, yeah. or if I pl- had planned to read something that day, I'll read like half of it or like a chapter of something that I'm reading, at that time. Surf Reddit usually, to be honest. Surf Reddit, figure well, out what the next cryptocurrency is. That was a that was a great segue to our next question. What is the book 
I am reading now. Wait. Sorry. The book I am reading is. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> right now, I haven't started this book yet, but it is a sales book that I need to read next because it is the part that I am weakest at in my job, which is prospecting. So this is the actual tough part in sales where you're trying to get people's attention at book meetings, you know, when you call someone and in 30 seconds, they have to be interested. So there's a book called Fanatical Prospecting by a very respected sales leader by the name of Jeb Blount. Blount? I don't know how to say his last name, to be honest. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, one of those ones. One yeah, of those right? ones. I'm not going to say the last version of his last name because after July 1st when weed's legalized. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> right? Uh, but yeah, so that's actually next on my reading list. Wow, cool. All right, and we're going to close it off by the quote I live by is, Shit happens. <laughs> Done. We're done. Mic drop. Well, there you go. Mic drop. <laughs> All right. Well, we'd like to say thank you, Alex, for taking uh, part of your busy was it Monday. Busy Monday to come and talk with us. We really appreciate it. Thank you for being part of this podcast. Hey, guys. Thank you for having me. It's awesome. a really cool thing you're doing. My name's Alex. And I'm Ken. And, and I'm this Alex. Has been, oh, yeah. We're both, <laughs> we're both Alex. Yeah. And this has been How Did You Get Here podcasts. Thanks for listening.